Welcome back to Nerds, where we look at all kinds of nerds in their natural environment. This week we're looking at the podcaster. Look at him sitting on his chair, looking at his computer screen. Oh, so beautiful. Man, my, my pop filter keeps falling down. I'm gonna need, gonna need some twist ties or something. Look at the awkward, jerky movements he uses to accomplish his goal. Truly one of evolution's finest feats. I hope Zane shows up soon. I've only got about like an hour and a half. I gotta get like, I don't know, juice and like... Uh, broccoli, I think. Something. Let's let's try to get a little closer. Why is the screen so zoomed? Oh man! Oh, my foot's falling asleep. It's falling asleep. God, this is this is a bad time. This is bad juju. He's seen us. We need to stay completely still so that he doesn't notice. I I don't know if I ever mentioned it on mic before, but I'm just gonna get it out of the way. My vision is entirely based on movement. He thinks he's perfectly safe. Little does he know that it's Shack Week. Wait, what's going on outside? Oh my god, it's Street Sharks! Is it Shark Week? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, it's Shark Week. <laughs> oh, Shark Week again. <laughs> Better, uh... Better check the locks. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people know this, but your average podcaster can jump 30 to 40 feet in the air when confronted <laughs> with a shark. <laughs> On land. Ah! <laughs> <Yee>! <laughs> so I don't know what the last minute was of us talking. Uh, we I could don't probably know. turn it into something. All right. Do you want to Do you want to be Steve Irwin or should I? <laughs> I, I think I'm... Born for the role. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. It's the part you were let me, born to play, let me baby. Just, let me just get into my, um, get into the voice. Shock week. <clears throat> Shack week. Shack week. Shack week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, you better cut that in somewhere. <laughs> You're just practicing saying the word shark week. <laughs> <laughs> you know um so so i watched this um documentary the other day and, and i highly recommend it it's called i know that voice mm. and it's about voice actors yeah uh and it shows some of them like the the thing they always say before they get into character okay it's like it's different for every person or for every character for every character like you know if, if you have to start you know talking like the brain you've got to do the peas in july thing and, and then you're good yeah pretty much peas um, in july Apparently, so I, I um, I was I was looking up on this. Apparently, Maurice Lamarche, who does the brain, mm. um, he like that was his monologue for getting into the voice of the brain <laughs> before, like it was part of the show. Oh my god! Do, do and you, I think uh, and maybe I think he Ro- put it in himself. And I th- well, I think Rob Paulson, uh, Pinky, like made the writers included <laughs> in a scene as like a birthday gift but to, it's so to good. <laughs> and and he like looks at it in the script and he's like oh <laughs> oh that's thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, peas in july peas that's in so july. funny to me wait so he he did this 
monologue to get into the voice of Brain before it was a bit that the Brain did? I think so. <laughs> then what the fuck was the impetus for using it as this monologue to get into the... <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> Causality breaks down, Zane. Uh, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's break our causality in. I did really want to say that it say something about street sharks because it only seemed natural. But okay, yeah, no, that's okay. D- don't don't put it in. Just put in what I said about it because I want it to be known that I came up with saying something about street sharks. <laughs> what What do you want to say about street sharks, Ben? <laughs> no, that's it. You got it all. You just want to you just want people to know that you're aware of the show. I just want people to know that I'm aware of like uh, of adhering two concepts, both of which contain sharks together. Have you ever seen street sharks? Have you ever seen a real shark? No and no. They're more placid than you'd think. For some reason, when people talk about, oh, yeah, do you remember that show Street Sharks? I always think of that show Street Smarts. <laughs> do you remember I the show? I think of Smart Guy. Oh, with uh, Little Will Smith. Little Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember that show Street Smarts where they just ask random people? So they ask random like people on the street. No, no. It was where you have people like... They they get video footage of them asking people questions on the street, but the question is the, the the game is not do you know this answer or not. It's do you agree with the random person on the street or not? Do you think they're right? No, never. Very rarely, they voted for Bush. No, <laughs> um. <laughs> that was the first question on the show. Of course, <laughs> naturally. Is the impetus behind the show being created? I bet. And the second, sh- and the second question was, do you remember that show, Street Sharks? <laughs> um. Anyway, we uh, should we should talk about Angry Beavers. Yeah. So, Angry Beavers is today, guys. Um, <laughs> you you want to introduce us? Oh boy. So, um, yeah. My name is Ben, and I'm Zane. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to put a disclaimer at the top of this episode of the Carton Cast, um. Beavers has many lurid <laughs> definitions, and specifically angry ones may bring some troubling imagery to mind. I don't so know what you're talking about, Ben. I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. Let me pop over to Urban Dictionary. Listen up, uh, everyone. I don't see what the problem is. They would. They, All right. Uh, so, you know, top definition. In swampy environment. Beaver. Another word for vagina or pussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at the fact that you felt the need to emphasize the I, least important just, word in that sentence. Now I'm just trying sentence. to figure out what the distinction is. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the definition that we're doing is the second definition on uh, Urban Dictionary, which is beaver. A furry mammal that feeds off wood, as in, damn, that beaver can take some wood. I just want to point out um, that that first Urban Dictionary entry hmm. implies that there are people who only know it by the term pussy. No, it doesn't. It means he got upvoted the most. Yeah, I'll upvote you. I bet there's someone. Someone's got to be... There's got to be somebody who who recognizes the word beaver as only a slang term for vagina. Yeah, probably. Uh, there are a lot of slang terms. I mean, that, certainly some people know cock just as the, as, the, as, uh, as referencing a dick and not actually as like a bird. Mm-hmm. Although that's, that one's a little bit less common to know. Yeah. And some people are dicks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but, doubly confusing. But we are the Carton Who crash. has the time? <laughs> um, and we are watching Angry Beavers. Angry Beavers. At least it's not Cat Dog. I, want, I, would, I would love to watch Cat Dog again. Why? It's the same show, except this one's in water. 
Wait, was his name Winston? What was the mouse's name? Trucky? I had to kill three mice recently. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically my roommates killed them by putting traps down. Um, but then they uh-huh. were like, we're going to leave them there unless you get rid of them. Like, well, <laughs> that old predator instinct kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Once you've trapped, once you've trapped your prey, go, go find, go find someone else to deal with it. So you don't have to feel the, uh, the moral meant, sting of ending a life. I meant your killer instinct. We're <laughs> like, it smells and people are going to get mad at me. I better throw this away. No, it, no, like, honestly, there, I had like a perverse thrill where it's like an opportunity for me to show my roommates what a cold heartless badass i was but then i got outside and i like tried to like remove the thing from the trap and i couldn't and i like just had like this really heartbreaking moment where i'm like i'm about to have to kill this i'm about to have to kill this rodent oh it wasn't dead already no no all it does is stick them to this like little little mat like this little sticky mat oh i know so i i i I wailed i used to kill mice for a living um I gotta, I gotta tell you, gas is the way to go. Yeah, I went with a, a fence nearby oh. and a lot of momentum. You threw it, huh? No, I just, uh, I, uh, I, I like this is this is not podcasting to conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually glad we're not doing cat dog in in reference to what the show actually is because uh. Zane, this, this surprised me. This show made me laugh quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's weird because... It's weird how funny this is. And it's hard to explain where the humor comes from. I'm not sure it is, but let, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit down the road. What's uh, what's the history of Angry Beavers, Zane? Uh, so Angry Beavers ran on Nickelodeon from 1997 to 2001. Hang on, what's Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon is mm-hmm. a... Uh, back in the Depression, there were these little coin-operated booths that would show you a short animated feature, and you put a nickel in to watch them, and those were called Nickelodeons. Really? Yes. I thought you made that up. Um, uh, I might have. Okay. It might not have been the Depression, but I'm pretty sure that's where it came from, right? Mm-hmm. Because you had the Penny Arcade, and then the Nickelodeon, and then the Dime Store, and then the Dime Bag. And then the quartermaster, and then <laughs> the buck. Do you have a list of? <laughs> and then the buck nasty, and then sure. <laughs> the G string, the G string ain't nothing. Um, and it was made by Mitch Shower. Yeah, it yeah, looks Shower. like Shower. Uh, who ran? Who who won an Emmy for producing Freakazoid? Oh, good on you, Shower. Yeah, now, I like Freakazoid. Now go wash up. <laughs> starting to stink i'm sure he's never heard that one before <laughs> no i'm probably pretty creative yeah so uh so uh this uh th- this this show um premiered in the united states in 1997 and uh eventually found its wound its way to canada in 2009 which which is now something that i'm just like looking for was well when did it happen in canada <laughs> it's, it's weird that like this is like my first uh, and it, like the, being on this podcast is like my first introduction to like multiculturalism, and that it's exclusively for Canada. You're just fascinated with the idea that Canada exists. Yeah, a little bit because we've lived near it for so long, and I don't. I've never been. You went once, I think. Yeah, it's like Wilson's face. Like it's it, gotta be there, but it's yeah. just like it's behind that wall. Right? How would you know? If 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 he was like part robot, we'd have no way of knowing. Yeah, or if it was just like a void, like a just a formless void beneath there. 
like a superpower. Um, ben, what is this show about? Well, Urban Dictionary defines... As <laughs> God damn it. Oh, oh, that's Webster's right. Dictionary defines graduation as... <laughs> so uh, this the series is about these two Beaver brothers. I'm um, going to stop you right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. A thought emerges. Oh, no. You know, you know those graduations and stuff where everyone's like, Webster's Dictionary. Defi-. What if they did do the Urban Dictionary variety and then went down like eight entries? <laughs> oh, Urban geez. Dictionary defines graduation as, and it's like yeah. source, uh, you know, Spiral Copter 59. <laughs> I love Spiral Copter 59. 58 I thought was a bit too pedantic. Spiral Copter 59 really gets right to the point. <laughs> anyway, that was my tangent. You were saying about yeah, the Yeah, thanks bro-hoes. for that. Um, <laughs> so the series revolves around these two beaver brothers, um, whom have been kicked I'm gonna out of their... I'm going to stop you again. No, you um... won't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. No, you, I knew you had nothing that time. I was anticipating. <laughs> the, um, so, and they've been kicked out of their home because the beaver parents have had a new litter of pups, which I assume is what you call young beaver, uh, progeny. And Nickelodeons. So now they're living on their own, um... And the show basically revolves around the two of them existing in each other's space. <laughs> yeah, so it's it starts off as like the odd couple, but with beavers. And Very then much so. Over the course of several seasons, it gets a little more unhinged. It's it, it has a very low threshold for what they are what they can conceivably do. Like episode, I think yeah. like six or eight or something. They're just straight up in space within a minute. Yeah, <laughs> within a minute. So there's there's episodes like that, and there's episodes where they just have to learn to get along. And, yeah, most um, of them is, like, mo- most of the time they have, like, some uh, something that they can focus on, like a new party or mm-hmm. winter coming up or Norb gets a new, like, model that he wants to put together. And the added variable introduces strife into their relationship. By the end of the episode, they usually, like, come come out of it, but... It's not as hogwash, like, it's not, it's not as, um, it's not as, um... It's, it's not like Disney special, it's not, yeah. it's not, oh, we should have learned to get along from the beginning, it's like, you were being a dick, and then in response, I was being a dick, and let's just, you know, let's leave. Big hug! Big hug! Yeah. I can't do it as well as you can. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I start from Bill Dotrieve and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> refried chicken oh um so yeah th- th- that's that's pretty much all there is to this this is this is one of the most shallowly defined shows and like scope of shows that we've done so far like it's not mm-hmm. the most but it's 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 pretty far down there this the show goes aims low and hits it <laughs> and yeah so you you get a pretty good idea just from any given episode but like you said there there's a surprising amount of humor in this the, the the strongest parts of the show I thought were the the humor specifically in the dialogue, um mm-hmm. and uh just like the very the the surprisingly real brotherly relationship between the two main characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we talk about them? Sure. I mean, so yeah, just so everyone knows, this is this is probably going to be a pretty short episode, so I'm going to actually just throw in random shit from wherever. From whatever happens by. Ben, tell us some beaver facts. Right, I got a couple of beaver facts. <laughs> um, I know? So here, here's an interesting thing that you might not know. Um, you know that dam that Norb and Daggett, the two main characters, live in? 
Yeah. It's not a thing that has entrances above the water, generally. Oh. By design, they live in lodges, which they, you know, they form. You, you might have seen, like, just, like, the bundle of sticks sort of thing floating out on the water in, like, a pond or something. Sure. In fact, they build the dam so that they can construct a lodge, um, or perhaps they I, just I'm, construct a lodge. I'm picturing a steam room. Continue. Great. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. And um, it, it's completely closed from the water up, and they get at, they get into it by swimming underwater, and this prevents other uh, other species from actually infiltrating their lodge. Yeah, um, this is this is like StarCraft base defense 101, right? You yeah, exactly. You a single entry point and you defend it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they enlist the help of an SCV to like, you know, <laughs> put, put, put a few more twigs back on, but but generally it's pretty strong. In yeah. fact, uh, they, they build it with, you know, with, with wood and mud, the mud which uh, freezes over in the winter to become strong enough to like keep out wolverines and the like, because uh, beavers, uh, beaver, they're, they're lousy with beavers in Canada. You know, this is an interesting thing about this show is that there is quite a bit of beaver facts that are true that make their way in to the show. Oh. Like the the extra eyelid, um, the spawning of the salmon. I forgot about uh, the extra eyelid. The fact that they need to keep chewing wood or that their teeth will continue to grow. Um, uh, quite a few things. It was, it was interesting. It, but it's just such a weird show <laughs> to choose to be, like, correct. The, the the choice to have the main protagonist beavers instead of people is such like this little wonky detail that serves only for gimmickry, right? Because but they I don't act- dis- I don't dislike it, but it doesn't do anything for the characters other than they, like give them different verbs to play with. They act like humans until they act like beavers, and there are humans in the show. Yeah, so the humans are way less human than the beavers, though. They are animated. In a variety of ways. <laughs> like, they, no two humans look alike, and they don't even look, like, in the same style. They're all, like, special snowflakes, Zane. Much like real life. But, yeah, so the beavers will be in their house, and it's got, like, clocks and gimmicks and gadgets and stuff. And then yeah, sometimes Norm is a fucking pack rat. And then sometimes they're just, like, swimming along through the water. Which, by the way, the underwater scenes, I thought, were, were pretty pretty beautiful. Really? I actually didn't yeah. see any of the I think they did a good underwater. job animating those. Anyway, um... So, yeah, they they live in nature, and they interact with some other woodland creatures who all have, you know... Yeah, real sparse casting They're people casting until they're not, this. is what I'm gonna say. Real real sparse casting in this. Almost nobody besides the main two characters show up. At least not with any, like, regularity. Yeah, this is a pretty main character-centric uh, show. Which is good. And, and... Like, that's the good part of it. Yeah, because their dialogue is great. Um, these two characters, Daggett is voiced by, um... Richard Stephen Horvitz, who mm-hmm. we saw as uh, Billy in Billy and Mandy. And whom you will eventually see as Invader Zim. And uh, Norbert is Nick Bacay, who was Salem on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> he sure was. And you can um, really hear it. Like, he, what, a, what a voice that is. He also co-wrote the Paul Blart movies. So, <laughs> like, thanks there. And apparently he won an Emmy for making a cartoon about two testicles. Yeah, that, that, sounds, like, that sounds like that voice all over. But what happened is, is um, in the script, Mitch Schauer, like, wrote the scripts, but they had a lot of wiggle room to improvise. And you can hear it because as they're talking, a lot of times they talk under each other or over each other. I was and, wondering um, about that because... It's, it's really well done. They're really good improvisers. Yeah, I, I was wondering how much, um, 
like some sometimes and we'll get into this dialogue sometimes both of them will talk at the same time and it's it's not too complex to follow because both of them are saying something that's very well suited to their personalities and you can kind of work it out even if you're not fully paying attention yeah and sometimes they actually stop and say like wait what did you say yeah but it works (laughs) it works very well like i I guess um I, i i was wondering like right in the minute right in the beginning do you think these voice actors got to ad lib and like uh, I, I didn't realize that. Apparently, they do. Absolutely. The, the um, way they ca- call each other's strings of just, like, non-names. Oh, yeah. Like, like if Norbert's <laughs> looking for Daggett, he'll be like, Daggy Bear, Daggy Daggy Ding Dong, Daggy Poon, Daggalicious. Daggalicious. Dag, Dagworth. Big D. Yeah, it just um, goes on and on. And, like, there's no way that somebody was all brave <laughs> enough to write all of this out as a script. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a, that, that, what a, what a soul-rending task that would be. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's try out the new actor. Please read the script. Hello, Dagalicious. <laughs> Damn it, Steve. <laughs> Shack week. Shack week. <laughs> um, by the way. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, so uh, do you want to like do Daggett or Norbert first? Well, they're this odd couple dynamic. Um, or at yeah. least that's how they begin, and so, they sort of they sort of evolve their own personalities. Where neither one of them could be considered, you know, the straight man, but they they right they're well, odd in their own ways. Yeah, let, let's let's be a little bit more precise with it though. Um, Daggett is the younger by four minutes. He is the uh, brown furred beaver. He's generally the doofier of the two, being very. Um, I, I hesitate to say he has ADD, but it sort of seems like that. On top of being incredibly manic and immature, he just, like, uh, he, he's usually what drives the plot because he's... Um, he's making mistakes. He, he makes the mistakes and finds the fun things to do. He is an active, chaotic force in this universe. He is. Um, but he, he's almost like Billy from Billy and Mandy, except less dumb, but more, like, mean and petty. The, the, I, like this, I like this character a lot more than Billy. Oh yeah, in in total honesty, as well as the voice acting, I think is a little bit better for this than Billy. Like mm-hmm. the the ability to ad lib adds a lot to these characters. Yeah, yeah, um, and some of the plot lines will just show like, okay, Norbert is doing something the right way or the established way, or he's more patient or something, and Dag tries to like go out of his way to do something cheaper, quicker, faster, and it doesn't work. I'm, I'm not sold that that is generally what happens. Because something that happened with these characters, and uh, I won't belabor it too much, I thought they sort of flip-flopped in their um, in their priorities a little bit at times. They took turns being the weird one, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. And, and not so much being the weird one, because they're both pretty weird. Get right down to it. But, like... Um, you would think from the first episode where Dag's like, okay, we got to go build a dam. We're going to, you know, make our own house. This is time to do this. And Norb is just being the bohemian hipster he was born to be. And mm-hmm. is just like relaxing and, and trying to avoid doing work at all costs. And then, you, right. then so you, you clearly have this established Daggett is the traditional one. Norb is the free spirit. And then you, which by the way, I would love to see these characters in a Hey Arnold setting. <laughs> where one of them is from the 50s like like dag is just big bob pataki waiting to happen <laughs> he's certainly angry enough mm-hmm. but then yeah like later but then, in, later in other on. episodes 
yeah, D- you know, Norbert is going about things the smart way or the normal way, and then Daggett's, you know, messing it up. So I guess you're exactly. right. I think it is dependent on which episodes you watch. I didn't, I didn't watch that first one. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate the inconsistency, but um, like that's just kind of, it, it doesn't really matter. Is it inconsistent, Ben, or are these just really well fleshed out characters? I, I always, I always wonder what the distinction is. <laughs> I, I think it is inconsistent. This is one of those like when is it art scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but I know it when I see it. The uh, I, I'm not sure. I I didn't appreciate it, so I'm 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 uh, tempted to say viscerally that it was inconsistent Be- because their um their personalities um generally remain constant like whether or not daggett's being traditional or breaking out of his shell he, he's always going to do it in a manic spastic way yeah I like think his mannerisms remain consistent his his mm-hmm. his ideals do not right he has a catchphrase <laughs> they they both do yep um daggett's is that was nuts I felt that the camera sort of lingers on him a little bit too long when he does that. Like, they're aware that they're trying to make it a bigger catchphrase than it is. And it's not great. I didn't love it. What I did love was his alternate catchphrase, which is just frantic. Just, like, frantic, like, just too much energy toddler noises. They make sounds, and Norb does, like, this horse whinny. <laughs> and I don't know why these are so much fun to listen to. It's a, it's a sheep bleat kind of thing. It, it's 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 to the it plays to the quality of the voice actors. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Norm, or did you have anything behind Daggett? Um, I mean, I don't know. There's there's not much to each character individually. It's the way that they work with each other. So I, agree. I feel like we should hit both of them together and then talk about how they interact with the world. Right. So Norb is generally the uh, he, he's the older one, and he really milks that. I found Norb the more interesting one to look at. Because uh, he's clearly, like, the favorite of the show, right? Oh, sure. Like, the show goes out of its way. Like, even in the intro, you can see him Daggett clearly is just punished on top. for existing, almost. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's not really his fault. And Norb uh, is, you know, he's the talk of the town. He's the light of his parents' life. Dag's sort of the, uh, the, the maybe not the black sheep of the family, but kind of the, the idiot kid. Yeah. You know you have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, his calm, cool attitude, I think, is a way that he's, like, purporting the four-minute older sibling status. Like, I'm the more mature one. Yeah, like, he's trying too hard. Like, yeah, like you said, he's the more mature one. He's um, he's calm and cool, except when suddenly he's not. Exactly. And when he's not, it's because Daggett is egging him on. Mm-hmm. It's specifically when Daggett does it. It's a great brother dynamic. Yeah, it's so perfect. Like, of course it is. He's the only like, one who can get under his skin. We've seen Brotherhood before. We have. With um, Twister and Lars. And, and in um, the Back to the Future one. Did we? Yeah, it was bad. Talking um, about Jules and Vern? Yeah, they were garbage, weren't they? I didn't even write them down as characters. We, we, we talk this, about brothers on occasion. But this works really well. They, um... You know, they, they have their fight, they have their spats, they make up, but then they keep bugging each other even as the music ends and the, you know, fade to black. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's not the sort of thing that gets tired because it's the sort of thing that would continually happen in a brother dynamic. Just because you, like, forgive someone doesn't mean that you're not going to piss them off again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just going to happen. Yeah, the brother conflict is the train that takes us from scene to scene, and the different scenes can be wild and crazy, and that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, you you said that um 
that Daggett was pretty spiteful and, you know, kind of mean. They both take turns at that, which is which is so uh refreshing. I'm I'm so used to having like two polar um two two polar characters that don't share any real estate in the like characterization Venn diagram. Yeah. No, they're they're cut from the same cloth and you can really see that in like the way they try to trick each other and they're a bit underhanded and and spiteful. It's I don't know, like I I appreciated the distinction between the two and the similarities. Yeah. And yeah, I would you say get those. <clears throat> With siblings. I would say a good chunk of the episodes are about them actively driving a wedge between themselves. And yeah, another they, good no, they chunk just can't is, help themselves. And another good chunk is, like, the world has driven a wedge between them, like, physically or something, and they work to get back together. Yeah, and, and they, they mostly just, like, honestly, I think a lot of the time is, like, they, they just need to blow off some steam, and then they're fine being brothers again. Oh, yeah, because they have such hard lives living in, you know, <laughs> a a dam <laughs> a lodge thank you Be- beavering yeah i don't know man <laughs> get a job beaver no i honestly i think that would be more stressful is not having a job and just having to be with this other person your entire day as opposed to <laughs> just when you're tired uh, yeah i guess that makes sense uh, you got maybe, maybe they're living off energy. the uh living off the royalties of that disco song oh man of course they are <laughs> beaver fever that, that song is great which by the way here's another beaver fact uh in the 1970s people were worried about a a, a disease fever. i want to say i don't remember what it was precisely let me, let me it look might it be the night fever that's not a disease then how do you explain john travolta's swollen head <laughs> these things don't just happen ben um so are there other characters we want to look at Hang or are you second. still talking about Beaver Times? I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at Beaver Fever. Yeah, uh so Beaver Fever was something that um people were worried about for a while, I think in the seventies, but uh eventually people realized that it wasn't just from beavers. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a mad cow disease situation. I oh, guess. okay, yeah. Where you have beavers going around biting people all the time. I actually have no idea what the what the I, I think Back it was just like some sort of flu beavers. strain, like a bird flu. Have you ever eaten a beaver? No. Why what is the what is? Why would you ask that? <laughs> no, I'm like wondering how they taste, and now I'm realizing they, they seem like they'd be pretty grisly. Now I'm realizing the entendre. Uh, I like, I, I like the tails though. The tails are pretty sweet. They use them like like third arms. They, but it's in a the lot show, they precise. use them like sledgehammers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess you're right about that. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to this show. Um, <laughs> uh, so um yeah I like I like the I like the brother brother dynamic between the two. I think it's the best part of the show. I think um, the fact that they're beavers adds to their characterization in ways that are subtle. I didn't think that they did. I I, I didn't think that they the fact that their beavers bled that bled through to anything other than this is the setting that we're in. Well, that's what I mean. I think that the setting gave them more ground to work with. It, it certainly made it more abstract. Like, if it was just two kids trying to get along... If it's tr- just two brothers trying to get along in elementary oh, school... Oh, that'd be awful. It, it'd just be a little too, bit too close to home. A little bit too mm. slice of life. Not as comedy setting. But uh, with the abstraction, it's very simple to just kind of, like... The the brother relationship, like... Okay, so, the, like, the slapstick and the, the wacky hijinks draw you in, and the brother relationship keeps you there. But only for, um, like, three episodes. Because, to be honest, after a few, you kind of <laughs> seen the whole show... I watched a few, and then I found the muscular beaver see, uh, like 
series of episodes. There's one every season. What the Did hell? Did you is watch that? any of those? No. <laughs> this is where, is this it is like their da- favorite wrestler? No. This is where Daggett pretends to be a superhero, uh, muscular beaver, whoosh, and then Norbert has to like calm him down by pretending to be a supervillain, Baron Bad Beaver, <laughs> <laughs> muscular whoosh. When evil is afoot, he is Justice's shoe. He is bam, 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 muscular beaver. Do you know what your synopsis and even the show in general is kind of reminding me of? What? Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Like a little bit. Like just the like the, it's not as smart clearly, but like the the ability to go on all it's these It's heartwarming wacky, either. No, certainly not. It it's actually not a lot of things that Calvin and Hobbes is. I would say it's spooty. If if you were to distill it into one uh quote unquote <laughs> word, I guess spoot would be a good one. Yeah, but like the, the, the degree to which they like do random random crap that they wouldn't conceivably be able to do as just two beavers living in the wild. Like when yeah. they go to the when they go to outer space and they start spiraling into the sun. That's a spaceman spiff moment. And by the way, if if somebody hasn't ever seen this show and they're listening about this and you got confused because we were talking about beavers playing with their imagination and then ending up in the sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go watch the show. It'll make perfect sense. Yeah, you you catch on pretty quick what the show is about. <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, I want to get into the tone and genre to talk about that in just a second. But uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to share a moment with you from that from that uh, outer space episode, sure. which is when when Mission Control starts communicating with them. Um, uh, Norb uh, says, "This is Beaver Alpha." And Dag chimes in, and this is Beaver Dose. <laughs> and for some reason, <laughs> I, I found the idea very funny. That And because the mission control keeps on talking to them as Beaver Alpha and Beaver Dose, like they just don't want to <laughs> rock the boat. Like, okay, just call yourselves whatever you want. Were these the same scientists that kept popping up, or were they a different team of scientists? Probably. What's, did, you, <laughs> did you catch the name of the two scientists that show up a bunch? No. Their names are Scientist Number One and Pete. <laughs> is that like a like a mr jones and associates sort of thing i feel like this is just like a common like joke that they use that never gets old like they're very they're very uh they're very uh laissez-faire with like honoraries in this show yeah um they, they don't take any no the creators take none of it seriously which is so appreciated by me like you said mm-hmm. they don't have like the moral at the end of the show that lack of treating it seriously is is really carried out through the entire show itself as well mm-hmm. i don't want to um, understate that are are there any other characters you want to look at before we talk about the tone there is there is norb's best friend which is a stump oh stump see this is the thing is they the the show seems to be shameless in taking ideas from other shows <laughs> because like clearly uh, just plank I feel like they watch a, a show, uh, like another cartoon, and they're like, hey, they made a pretty good joke. Can we make a joke like that with our beavers? With our beavers. <laughs> Great suffix there. I, I really got to watch my language. <laughs> this, the, uh, this is a kid's show. The weird thing is, like, it, from the plot synopsis, you know, Dag is the immature, irresponsible, like, flights of fancy one, and Norb is the cool, chill, bohemian hipster. Um, mm-hmm. Which one of those guys do you think has a stump as a best friend? <laughs> I guess. So I guess that's fair. So it's weird that like, like he's Norm... friends with a stump. Ironically, is that? What you're I saying? think so. It's got to be right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. The um. Why are they angry beavers? I I, I think it's just I, I think it's just the uh, the 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 strife between in the brother dynamic. Because I was trying to think of adjectives that would suit them better, and they don't sound good as like title names. No, like I guess it was probably just one of those um, one of those because you can't just you say, say beavers. It. No, I I might have I might have went, went with a totally different kind of naming convention. Yeah, I might have just done like Norb and Dag or something like that. Norb and Dag also both sound like euphemisms. I, I I grant you that Dag does. I'm not sure what Norb <laughs> means. <laughs> you know, man. Norb. Like, like if you want to if you want to get some Dag. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you want to get some dag, but you want to do it on the sly so your lady don't find out, you know. And if you want some Norb, you know, go on down to the just go to the Norb shop. store. Just go to the Norb They're store. They're fully stocked. <laughs> <laughs> They've been fully stocked for months. <laughs> all Norbs must go. Open, open all day, guys. Yeah. Um, Did you guys like? Ha- we have, put an ad out in the paper. Let me find the have, paper. Having a sale. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend holiday sale. Like, like we're. Just because, like, this scenario will make me sad, if we talk about it anymore, I'm going to go ahead and say that they are independently wealthy and they just like having the Norb store open as a hobby. That's so. But you should sweet. stop by. That's so sweet of you, Zay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sweet what? that it made you sad to think about a store going out of business. I know that's like something that makes you super upset. <laughs> so what I found is that either because of this podcast or this podcast is because of it i feel way more empathy toward cartoon characters and animals than i do for people (laughs) oh i think that like people just generally feel more empathy toward animals and it's not it's not even that hard to peg down why you would it's because animals are mistreated and they don't deserve it and people do deserve it absolutely do listener you know what you did Mm -hmm. and that's why we're gonna get you what's more I know what you did. And what's more than that, beavers know what you did. We're going to go down to the Norb store and uh, put some, some Norb in your coffee. Yeah. I'll get you. <laughs> Salad. <laughs> Santa. The... <clears throat> no, it's... I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I can't be like, the only one that gets upset about this. <laughs> it, no, like, I, I, th- I think I find it just like a disproportionate, like, hot button for you. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that you're upset when businesses go out of business? I it's so sad. Like, it, it's it's funny that that's what you get that, that that's what gets stuck in your craw though. It's the closest thing I can think of to something that's not alive dying. Hmm. I guess I guess I can I can see it there. It, it's I it's, saw it's, a picture it's, it's more on personal the internet. than that. It's more personal than that though. It's not just like this abstract entity no longer existing. It's like somebody's hopes and dreams were there. Yeah. And, and they've been they've been forcibly forcibly removed from their life. I saw a picture on the internet recently of like a bear sitting outside its cave, and there was a banner that said "Happy Birthday," but there was no one around. Oh, and he was just looking sad. And so I made up a backstory in my head of how like another bear came by and was like, "Hey, it's gonna be all right, buddy. We're, let's be friends." <laughs> um, and I realized that's not a backstory because it happens afterward. But <laughs> are you sure it wasn't like a like like an episode at some point like barry white has a birthday well you probably didn't talk about barry white yeah so there's some other characters in this show that are really one note they're really strange but we feel the need to mention them anyway no most of them are just like the deer and the zebra but uh there there is also barry white 
<laughs> yeah, there's this who bear. Who is a bear who has an incredibly deep voice and occasionally sings like Barry White because he's and Barry White. And that's really all we can say about him. That's all that needs to be said. You have Stump the, is a more diverse character than this. Yeah. <laughs> he accomplishes more things in the in the Beaver brother relationship, the BBR. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we're we're getting a little bit unfocused, which is fine. But I I would like a, a, something something sterner just jump off of. Right. So, so let let's go into the tone and genre where. Um, I want to reiterate that this show is actually still really funny, even after all this time. I think you can probably owe it a lot to that, to just the voice actors ad-libbing. Mm-hmm. Because cause a lot of the time, the parts that made me laugh is when they're kind of talking over each other and just kind of being, just being the characters that they are, but super well, and not breaking character to, to, to ad-lib. It's, I don't know, it's just... It's just very satisfying. Yeah, because you're letting these talented people work in an environment that is conducive to all types of humor. Because, you know, like I said, if somebody's, if one of the writers is watching a show and like, oh, that's a pretty good joke, we can include that into Angry Beavers because nothing looks out of place in this show. Yeah, no, they they do they do <laughs> um, they they do slapstick all the time. They do they spoof those B horror movies constantly. So they oh do like God. referential humor. I love the B movie. Oh, I know. And uh, they also do a good amount of irony and sarcasm. Can I read you a quote from one of the B movies? Yeah, absolutely. He who reads this curse shall curse the day he read it. <laughs> and that is a quote from the movie Curse from the Mummy's Curse. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm guessing that Norb was like really entranced in that movie and that Dag was just trying to annoy him it's so good <laughs> did you watch the episode where they like go into a b movie mm, at one point not it's not like, for the show it's like a halloween episode and they go to the house of the b movie actor oxnard montalvo that sounds like a b movie actor <laughs> also it's the second time we've had a character named oxnard <laughs> um and they just they just trope it up they oh, are of course they're shameless yeah, no they have to at that point um i i think what do you think about the fact that the that the beavers have like really strange hobbies i guess like really specific strange hobbies sure like i watched a like i watched a episode where um norb was putting together a model uh-huh. but it wasn't just a model it was a model of the words last year's model that's to, right it is like yeah it's like a like a one of those like light fixtures plug-in things like a Michelob ultra like light up sign but it sure. just said last year's model <laughs> and he wanted to put it next to his this year's model and next year's model models so they're all about the same year i have i have no idea i guess so yeah maybe or two years <laughs> apart like that's a really weird joke because if you think about it it gets, a, <laughs> it gets really bizarre yeah and that it doesn't get any more like it doesn't get any more focus than just like this little throwaway detail to make the activity that they're starting the plot with a little more interesting than normal the more questions you ask about this sort of joke, the more questions will develop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the best kind of joke because yeah. it's just a gift that keeps on giving. Um, um, like I said, they actually have a good amount of irony and sarcasm. Um, I, I wanted—I had a quote here, which I thought was just—it was something that caught me off guard because I was so used to cartoons just yelling the joke at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Norb, when Dag's trying to help him with his model and he brings out this huge bucket of glue— 
Okay. Uh, Norb says, Dag, you're probably right. I should probably drench my tiny fragile pieces in 10 gallons of super glue, but I'm just going to have to learn this lesson on my own. Like, <laughs> it, it's just like the, like the placating gestures and like diction of it are, are, are it so is, special. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Dead air, bro. Dead air. Fill that dead air. Feel that dead air, dead air, though. The um, I, I the real familial affection between the main characters is another point of the show that I think they try to hammer home. Mm-hmm. It's like how um, you know, you know that you can make fun of a friend because you know you're good friends and you're not worried about it, so that you can, you know, you can really make the joke really good. Yeah, it, without worrying it's, about it's hurting somebody's feelings. The friends that you feelings. can't make fun of that you got to worry about that relationship. Man, those friends. Those guys, you mean, you talking about Ned? <laughs> Listen up, Ned. Look, Ned, I like you, you okay. take a trip down to the Norb store. I like you okay, you're just a little too oversensitive <laughs> about about the success of your store. Yeah. like <laughs> It's not going to work. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Maybe go jogging. You know? <laughs> maybe we'll maybe construct some store. last year's model models. Don't worry about it. This is, why, this is why gals don't go out with you. We know you're a nice guy. You have to have something more to offer, Norb. Ned? Ned? Whatever. <laughs> We're really tired. No, like, I, I like Ned okay. He's just, he, he just, you can only handle him in small doses. The other thing that you can only handle in small doses <laughs> is... Um, so do you think that the brother relationship between them is actually as strong as it is, or if we're just kind of implanting it on them by virtue of having a really strong brother relationship i think that on its own it's not as strong as we think it is but the fact that it also follows this cartoon you know by the end of the episode everything is the same way that it was the beginning of the episode it it makes it seem stronger than it is because we just assume okay if anything was left dangling by the end of the episode they patched it up because they're such good brothers because why else would they patch it up it's not like there's a cartoon what I what I appreciate more than anything else in the in the run of the plot is that they are both categorized as best friends and worst enemies in the manner of in the manner of really close siblings. Mm-hmm. So like you know, Nor will will be you know pissed off royally by Daggett by by the end of the episode. He wants to show him this model. I know I'm keep on referencing the same one. This is where it all hit me. Uh, <laughs> wants to show him this model. This, and, this is the key. And, and Daggett's nowhere to be found. And you're like, oh, he. He loves him. <laughs> like this is, they're they're so close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It just, you know what yeah. I kind of like is that they're just two brothers whom are. I'm going to go ahead and say maybe teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, within Young the adults. context of Beaver shows, yeah, they're not adults, and they're just two brothers living together, just without parents. That sounds like such a that sounds like such an opportunity to me. Mm. Like imagine if we just lived together. Well, you and Dave lived together, didn't you? That's true. I guess we did. Did you go on adventures? Uh, we played a lot of magic online. It's like an adventure. Uh, David used David would sit on me a lot. Oh, I don't know why? That's brother at any age kind of thing. I guess so. Do you think it was just like some sort of like fifth force magnetism between brothers' butts and your face? <laughs> There's got to be. So I don't see a um, reason for it to happen. You know, you can get a deflector for that sort of magnetism down at the Norb store. I was going to say the Norb store. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, 
I can't believe that the joke that we got out of this show that we're going to continue forever is the Norb <laughs> It's you know not successful, you... but it sells anything you want. <laughs> it just sells what you need, but you have to talk to the most disaffecting shopkeep imaginable, Ned. I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But why? I don't know why. Um, another example of their their, you know, real brotherness is the episode where Norbert punches Dag into last week a bunch. <laughs> yeah, they're just a little nod to Bill Murray. Here you go, bud. Which was my impetus for this for picking this entire show. Because we just watched <laughs> Groundhog Day? Well no, because that's a great that's a great episode. It is a great episode. Um and I also like his exclamation of Wola Boga. That's major achiness. Which I've I've they say it a couple times in other episodes, but it's pretty sparse. Yeah. But by the end, Daggett has been, like, beating himself up about this thing. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't stop bugging you. I know it's bothering you forever. And I was like, dude, it's it's fine. I just don't want you to ruin my movie. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... In that beating yourself up way of dealing with family members. Totally, which, which is something that Calvin and Hobbes did. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really, this is actually probably closer to, like, a, a Calvin and Hobbes, like, mentality of evoking morals or um, evoking familial bonds than, than something that is a little bit more ham-handed would be. Because mm-hmm. they just, like, they sneak it in through the back door at the end of the episode. They don't, like, they don't put it on center stage. It's it's all in subtext and, uh, you know, just, just the natural jo- dialogue between two voice actors who are very much in their own characters. Yeah, man. Sometimes you got to sneak your beaver in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Noted, Zane. Um, do we want to talk about the audio or animation? Uh, I wanted to say one more thing about the the uh, the tone, which is that just mm-hmm. uh, because it's very, very fast-paced, the plot, um, which mm-hmm. was appreciated because this this show would get real boring if they like spent too much time doing nothing. Um, just... <laughs> I mean, most shows would, but this this show, I think, would suffer more than a show that was um, that was less comedic and more yeah, so, and more just slice of life. Like so those, you can this... kind of you can kind of accept boring moments in your slices of life, right? Your slice lives, there's but this, not um, in your pure comedy. There's this comedic idea called heightening, um, where you make a joke and then you make the same joke louder and it's better, and you go until you're done, mm. and this show is actually really good because it can take a joke and extend it through the whole episode and then change it right at the end for that little, you know, last year's model gag. Yeah. <laughs> or it can play up a joke. Like you said, it's fast paced. It can play up a joke for like a minute. And then once it's like, oh, okay, we've reached the height of this joke, just drop it, move on to the next thing. It's very versatile. Yeah. I was going to speak to the versatility of it. The, the, the ability to be fast paced, completely uh abdicates responsibility to have a coherent plot which means you can start anywhere <laughs> so like, tired of coherent plots like it like in cousin skeeter remember how they just started as bellboys and there's your episode i thought of they that do i thought the you know, same there, thing there are several episodes where they just okay here we are it, this is the plot now like the the episode where they go into space it takes them all of a minute to go into space like that, there that's was an where episode they start where they start Walking onto a construction site and getting into one of those big um, demolition ball th- uh, machines. Okay, <laughs> that's where the episode starts, Ben. <laughs> the um, 
one of the one of the nice things that um having that fast pace does is not only setting up the plot but uh resolving the plot you don't have to you don't have to try very hard or appeal to logic all that much right because these cartoons have a set amount of time and if your plot is you know running long end it all at once more than that more than that i think it's just like another chance to shove humor into a situation like let me describe a situation for you and then you'll understand exactly what i'm talking about okay they're they're traveling toward the sun in a rocket ship and they watch a movie on like why it's happening and the movie tells them oh gravity's the key you have to escape the sun's gravity if you want to get away and they're like wait a minute we're beavers we just got to build a gravity dam and so they like take a bunch of space junk and like form a huge dam in front of the sun, which somehow allows them to escape the sun's gravity. <laughs> that, like that that was not the most elegant way to go out on that episode. You could have like had a had a secret escape button or something to get back to Earth. It wouldn't have been hard. But I think the the point was that it's so absurd, and they might as well make the joke because there's nothing stopping them. Also, I like the idea that doing beaver things is something they have to remember to do and not something instinctual. <laughs> because <laughs> well, I mean, they forget their beavers because yeah. we forget their beavers. Yeah, it's, it's not usually important. You know what I love is that one sound effect when they, like, trim down a tree real fast. Yeah, yeah, the sort of um, it's like drill. A, yeah, like the drill wood chipper thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to be able to put that into a place later and have it make sense. Um, so the... The part where it doesn't adhere to logic, I think I'd just like to punctuate that by uh, reading some of the uh, some of the plot synopses from Wikipedia. <laughs> I love this game. So here's here's a few episodes. Norb and Dag lose their fur after misreading the magic book for a magic trick. Okay, Norb and Dag I'm a go to a, about that sequence. Nor, Norb and Dag go to a haunted swamp full of zombies. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is my favorite one. Norb and Dag work as waiters in an attempt to buy masks. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can see, these plots don't have to cohere. No, they not start somewhere, at all. They're in the middle of a plot, and then they get to the real plot, and they don't have anything to do with each other. Norb and Dag get zapped back in time to the Age of Romans. <laughs> <laughs> to fight the Vexron. <laughs> um... You mentioned that they tear off their flesh? What was that? Oh, I don't fucking know. They lose their fur after misreading the magic book for a magic trick. So I don't know if you noticed this. Compared to other cartoons of this vintage, these characters spend a lot of time ripping off their own skin. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's just a weird character trait. Well, I mean, you have fur, and, like, the the audience is not going to be able to empathize with fur other than, like, taking a band-aid off your inner thigh and ripping the hairs out. So it's it's not that big of a deal. I imagine it would be much worse for them. In big clumps. Yeah, sometimes you got clumps. I don't know what your point is, <laughs> precisely. It's, just, it's a bizarre thing. <laughs> yeah, it's something unique to the to the, to the the fact that they are woodland creatures, I suppose. Look at the beaver in his natural habitat. <laughs> I mean, ripping you, off his skin. That's not unique to this show. How you had beautiful. Daffy Duck gets his bill blown backward all the time. You know? That's true. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, maybe it's a, like a design consideration when they're making the show, like... What kind of animal will be more slapstick than others? I mean, the slapstick is their tails. Yeah, that. Well, I'm mean, saying that, like, they use they use the the things in their uh, beaver anatomy to um to to facilitate that slapstick, which uh, yeah, which is relevant. Beaverlicious. 
Sure. Uh, with that, we should probably talk about animation. Mm-hmm. Do beavers have regular mouths? I actually don't, <laughs> actually don't know this. <laughs> I know very little about beavers. I know they don't have color-tipped noses. Yeah, that I, I, I actually really like the way they look in this show, but I'm certain it's not, like, biologically accurate. No, it's impressive way. how, you know, they're both clearly the same animal, but they're very visually different. Mm-hmm. So that that's an impressive point in its favor. The buck teeth probably aren't this far in front of their normal faces, though. No. Like, no. From what I remember of beavers, they don't have gigantic protruding snouts. I don't know why, but I feel like the, the, the character models look very natural, considering how not like a beaver they actually look. Uh, I don't really have much else to say in, in terms of animation. Maybe we should just move on to sound and music. Yeah, I, I think we've said most of what needs to be said about the way that it looks, in that everything looks like it fits. We could talk about the intro. Ooh, yeah. Where Which is abstract really painting. <laughs> yeah, you must have liked that. I was a little confused. Um, it, it was a nice, um, like the way they're both like muscling for attention of the camera as it like, as it like, uh, as as the scene progresses. It's mm-hmm. a nice distillation of their relationship. It is, and that's really the only thing about this intro that tells you about the show, because the rest is just no. they're they're floating in space and jumping around on little color platforms, and yeah. then you're done. No, they're just they're just like carousing through a hotel lobby. That's <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. Um, um, so music and sound. Yeah. So that main theme gets reused a lot in the Does show. It? Yeah. Yeah. They they use it a bit. Um, usually at the beginning or end of an episode where it's like, like they slow it down a little bit for an intro. But um, oh yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about now. But aside from that, they use a surprising variety of musical themes. Um, and it's not always just like the the main theme, like an Eternia thing. Um. For if they're like throwing a party, they'll have like this Latin samba thing just playing in the background, which is mm-hmm. it's they've, not lazy. They've had orchestrated stuff, um, you know, disco. Uh, <laughs> Man, yeah, that that disco episode, and again, just to, owing to the to the goofy nature of the plot lines, Norb and Dag become disco stars. <laughs> what a, what a weird plot that it's, and I think like that's the thing is that. This show, like, clearly a lot of work went into it, and, and you can tell in the music, because um, they There's have... There's a real sense of care in this show. Yeah, and it's it doesn't show up on a first viewing, but things fit together in a way that are seamless that show that a lot of work went into it, even if the end product looks, you know, careless or thrown together. It does look careless it's, and thrown together. It's the mark of a good work, right? I guess so. Oh, we're, we're, did you have some some extra like little bits that you found that like uh detailed the care in this show to you um just the way that you know the jokes and the visuals and the music and the plots all come together in this way that doesn't draw too much attention to any one thing Hmm. you know like they're those they're those milo jokes right remember in pepperan how they would make a joke and then just keep moving on yeah there's a lot of that but it's in all aspects of this show and it's like hey if you think this part of the show is good pay attention to it but you know we got other stuff to do yeah like pay pay attention to whichever part you want and so much care goes into that to be able to like have the confidence to say you know we don't feel like you need to notice everything 
like uh, like Norb's bohemian mispronunciations. I this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, like when he speaks, things are mispronounced, and it's not even always like complex words. It, it's it's never correct as well. It's always a mispronunciation. <laughs> um, they mis- but he thinks it's great. They they, they pronounce um, you know the silent letters. So wrath becomes wrath. Um, <laughs> they sometimes speak pronunciation out loud. Okay. Say like dot 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 <laughs> or oh, whoosh. They're very onomatopoetic. Dramatic reverb. Dramatic reverb. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot about that until just now. It's bum, perfect. Bum, bum, dramatic reverb. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you listened to um, the last episode that was never released? No, what happens? Are so, they skinned for their pelts? No, so because uh, Zane, I'm, I'm going to say another. I'm going to say another beaver fact. <sighs> okay, and then you can do it. Yep. Um, beavers are actually an invasive species. They uh, ten of them got released into the Up wild down. in Argentina and Chile for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and within fifty years, the population blossomed to like ten thousand. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a campaign to hunt beavers for their pelts in uh, in Argentina. Argentina, huh? Are we going to have a uh, Cyber 6 Angry Beavers crossover? <laughs> the, the way Skype just cut out made it sound like you said Sangria Beavers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you want to go get some Sangria Beavers down at the Norb store? I heard that they sell them at the Norb store. Yeah, absolutely. Rock bottom prices, open 24-7. The last episode was kind of similar to this conversation we're doing now, <laughs> um, because Nickelodeon has this rule where you can't break the fourth wall, and now that I've said that, you're thinking like, oh yeah, all the ones where that happened were on like WB or Cartoon Network, hmm. um, but That's they curious. have this rule, you can't break the fourth wall, and so there's this audio online uh, that's basically just the two voice actors talking to each other because they didn't they didn't animate it because they knew Nickelodeon wouldn't allow them to do it. Okay. But it's just about uh, Norbert saying, oh no, our show got canceled. Daggett, you didn't realize it. We've been living in a cartoon all these years. And then they like, this. it cuts to picture, like video of them, the voice actors in the voice acting studio. Huh. And like talking about it, and then they start referring to each other by their real first names, and it's just a it's a bizarre thing. Yeah, that, that doesn't sh- sound like that doesn't sound like a correct show to make in this, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good though. Um, I, I I'm listening sure it's to fine, it. but like that's not what this show does. This show aims low and hits it. it it's going for humor and slapstick and comedy. Like uh, I can't think that hard about Angry Beavers. No, and and you know they didn't release it. They they didn't release this episode. I think it was just. They wanted to make all these jokes because they want, like, it's that kind of show where you can get away with doing things that are incongruous, and this was just a bit too far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's probably that's but it, probably. But correct. if you listen the to is, the audio, it, it takes all of these things that we love about the way that they talk and just nonstop. Oh, sure. I think I think the distinction there is that um, what you're talking about is is they're not they're including you, you can include any like absurd situation to 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 bring out some humor in your show, but you can't include every 
kind of humor like abstract existential like nonsense is 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 a little bit too weird for for what this show does well i think what they might have been trying to do is to say like well we've hit every other kind of of humor let's try this the network won't allow us to do it but i bet we could do it if we really wanted to if that was the case, it, it's a it's a very and it might have been just a goodbye good, thing. Like it's, it's it might be a nice to terms meta. With the show ending because it seemed like they both really enjoyed the show. That's good to hear. I, I, mean, I always you, like you don't work that. on a show for five seasons without enjoying it. I suppose that's true. I always like hearing when a voice actor enjoys what they're actually doing. I really recommend you go watch that uh, movie because everyone seems really happy to be there. Yeah, man, I, I, I'd be I'd be thrilled to. You should watch uh, BoJack Horseman because it's clear that Paul F. Tompkins is having the time of his life. <laughs> he he plays the the annoying anthropomorphic dog friend to BoJack Horseman. That's great. Who BoJack hates and <laughs> and and uh, and his name is Mister Peanut Butter. <laughs> That's a great name for a dog. I know, <laughs> and it's just Paul F. Tompkins showing up to work in the ad living like this. Oh. Uh. Man, um, I love the ad-libbing in this show. Do we have anything else on this? Um, like I said, there's nice big slapstick sounds. Uh, not a lot. Uh, I had a I had another little detail about how they put uh, how there's a real sense of care in the show through extra like little little like you were saying like just it's very polished. Like it, the way that they construct every part of the show, the music, the animation, the plot, the the characters, they just construct it all very, mm-hmm. very deliberately. Um, you know how Daggett wears little pajamas? Yeah. And d- did you ever notice that he, when he's wearing pajamas, he has an oven mitt on his tail? Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Like what? A, what a cute little, what a cute little throwaway detail for the for the apt viewer. And it makes sense. Like they, you know what must sure. have been happening? They must have been like drawing the things and we're like you know their tails kind of look like oven mitts <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess so. like probably um, or maybe they were just like using like do, do you think that they were like using the oven mitt as like a template to draw the tails like uh <laughs> like a like a turkey like a hand turkey i, I don't think so <laughs> i think it's probably the case yeah that um, happened yeah what so, do you think of their what do you think their swear words spoot spoot i think it's <laughs> i mean it's very versatile it is because you I can use like it, it as any part of speech, um, but it's, yeah, usually, it really it's usually just an interjection. Yeah, I, I, the, I mean, you can you can throw it into an adjective with spooty, spoot head, spoot wad. I, I kind of like it, like spooting spoot. Like I think that's like a like it's a, it's an underrealized versatile like nonsense word. Mm-hmm. I, I think they probably could have done more with it. I don't hate that they didn't, but I would like to see it like beyond just this show. <laughs> Because I think it's so evocative, right? Because it's it's you you picture the word spoot. You know what you're looking at. <laughs> no, but like it, it's it probably sounds ridiculous that I that I'm like claiming that this nonsense word is like great. It's like it is. It's like when you go to an art museum and you see like a Pollock painting or something, and it's just like my five year old could draw that. You're missing the point. Like, have you ever tried to make a nonsense word? They're not going to be as good as yeah. spoot. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, that's or right. Womps. Womps is good. Sprock. I don't even know what Sprock is. Uh, it's from the Legion. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's so that, that's pretty much all I have though. That is the Angry Beavers. Zane, what did you what did you think about this show in recollection? Um, you know, I liked watching it. I had a real hard time figuring out what to say about it. 
Because like yeah. you said, all of the work is behind the scene. Um, it is. And but it, it, seems... it bleeds through the work very well, it... especially in the dialogue. You you can raise it on this pedestal above the stuff that it went you know that it, that it was on the air with, but at first glance it it just looks like another show. I, I think I was very impressed with as I said how polished everything was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like a lot of jokes miss their mark, and that is that was very impressive to me. Right. Um, that being said, I think that the characters were a little inconsistent, and that kind of bugged me. It wasn't a huge deal. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a pure comedy, pure humor show. I just kind of, I kind of just got bored after a few episodes. Not because it's a bad show, but just because You've I had, I had reached my limit. Yeah, you you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. It's a good expression but, uh, of, of an idea, though. Totally. Like if you want to watch a, a humor comedy show, this is this is a good one. Yeah, real real solid. In a way that I did not think it was going to be. Like I really thought that this was going to be a spite cast in the, in the <laughs> making, but it was really good. Um, and what is a humor comedy show that we're watching next time? Next time we're going to go, uh, we're going to, we're going to get bopped into last decade and, uh, and watch DuckTales. DuckTales. Woo-hoo. Spoot. I'm really looking forward to DuckTales. <laughs> yeah. For so many reasons, Amy. <laughs> oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Have you started um, watching any of it? I have not. I've been meaning to, to, to pop on over to the Norb store and pick up the box set, but, uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten out yet. And uh, and what else is after that, Zane? Okay, this one requires a little bit of setup. Should I? Um, I want you <laughs> to think of a great superhero team up. Shallow and Joe. It's going to include the following heroes: um, Flash Gordon. Okay. The Phantom. What is the Phantom? Mandrake. Is that from Harry Potter? Lothar. Okay. Ben, we're going to watch a little something called Defenders of the Earth. Oh man, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Who's Lothar? <laughs> no, is he Lothar, like Lobo? You don't even know, but Lothar's the best character. Go watch the intro theme. Oh jeez. He will is immediately gonna... be your favorite. Are you trying to make a Hail Mary back to the Knights of Justice? I was curious about what this was. I saw the intro theme and I never looked back. <laughs> this is gonna be great. Well Alright. I guess we just gotta keep plowing forward. Like, right. as soon as we sign off, I'm going to go watch the intro again. I haven't watched any <laughs> I, of the I show. I don't I'm know if to... it's good. <laughs> but I have well, watched the intro theme. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, we'll get to it eventually. But first is uh, first is DuckTales. Then is Lothar the Museum of History. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, if you, if you have anything to say about either of those, drop us a line at www.cartoncast.com or our Facebook page. And as always, if you enjoy hearing us, tell your friends about the show. Yep. Thanks and so much. Support your local Norb store. Support your local Norb store. N- Ned is like really trying to save up for for uh, for a vacation, and he's just barely he's just barely scraping by. No, but no, we establish he's independently wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't do this to me. <laughs> uh, It's dark. Yeah, yeah.